You're listening to The Bob and Bo Show. Here are your hosts, Ty Bob and Ty Bo. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm one of your hosts, Ty Bob. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Bob, Ty, or Ty <laughs> underscore Bob underscore. Man, you can just feel the pressure. Every week, like, you're not, you I don't even I don't even think about it. I just my mind's like, uh-huh. I think you're uh, it. at Ty underscore Bob underscore. You've heard the voice of Ty Bo. You can find him and the show at Bob and Bo show. And you also heard the voice or laugh of Mr. Sean Wilson. Make sure to follow him at Sheen 1440. Hey, there you go. I can get everybody else's every time. <laughs> but just like I can get everybody else's, so can the Kansas City Chiefs. They come away with a big win in week two, first game at home on Amazon Prime across the nation with a win over the Los Angeles Chargers, 27 to 24. Now, before. Big game. game. (laughs) Tybo and I both got to go. It was fantastic. The crowd was electric. But before we get too far into that, we do have some news that will threaten the next four weeks. Uh, Threatens maybe too harsh of a word. Um, But Willie Gay has has been suspended for the next four games. He'll be returning after the Bills game. Uh, We'll address that. But in honor of Willie Gay's suspension, I think Tybo has a top five for players suspended. Yeah, just to just to lighten the mood on uh, what we got going with Willie Gay, uh, I'm bringing you my top five players that have been suspended by the NFL. And I'm not counting players that have been suspended by their teams. This is like big-time stuff, players that have been suspended by the NFL. And uh, once again, I do have many more names than just five names. So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first honorable mention is a pair of players because – You know, they might not have been the best players that have been suspended, but they got suspended in probably the most entertaining way. Funny, comedic. Michael Crabtree and Aqib Tlaib. The whole chain snatching saga. Uh, (laughs) Great television. People tuned in to watch that shit. So (laughs) they make the list just because of how great the situation was uh, in which they got suspended for. He never gave those chains back, by the way. Like, no, Keith Lieb owns those chains. Yeah, good. As he should. <laughs> uh, another honorable mention, uh, the biggest name that's definitely been suspended this year, D-Hop. Um, recent memory, very notable player. Uh, the dude is uncoverable, you know. And be willing to, or definitely wanting to see if he can return to form after being suspended. Um, but he makes honorable mention because of his talent. Moving into the top five, fifth on the list. Um, I The season that he played, I think he was better than D-Hop. So that's why he's number five and above uh, him on the honorable mention. Josh Gordon playing less than a full season and still leading the league uh, in receiving yards with like three different quarterbacks that season. <laughs> Um, that's just depressing. any different quarterbacks, Browns quarterbacks, <laughs> bad 16, quarterbacks. 1600 yards receiving insane in 14 games, right? Yes. 14 games, 1600 it's yards. Ridiculous. Um, so that's why you know, Josh Gordon's number five and D hop is not, uh, number four, Antonio Brown. Um, all the stuff he's done in the NFL. I don't even know exactly what he was actually suspended for 
Um, but his stretch with the Steelers um, is the reason why he makes this list. Um, definitely one of the best wide receivers to play the game, um, even with all that crap that happened at the end of his you know tenure. Um, I don't think he makes it back into the NFL. No shot. Um, number three, Adrian Peterson getting suspended for child abuse. <laughs> There's no doubt uh, you can't argue what AP's done in the league. Uh, the dude's a monster, even after <laughs> knee surgery. And child abuse. Yeah, he's a monster. He did get whooped by Le'Veon Bell, so maybe that's a little restitution. Yeah. <laughs> there were some hilarious memes about that. Uh, number two, we all know what he was suspended for. Um, if you watched football in, like, the mid-2000s, Mike Vick. Um one of the biggest stories to come out of the NFL at that time too. Like it just, it shook the whole sport world back then. Um, I'm happy to see that he, uh, you know, I, you can't say made up for it, but you know, he's, he's, he's tried to become a better person afterwards. I do. I do feel that. Um, so he's a, he's a good story, um, but definitely one of the best players to ever be suspended by the NFL. <laughs> And number one, um, I hate the people that say this, but a lot of people would say this guy's the best football player to play the game. Um, his track record is certainly on par or much better than a lot of the greats. Um, so it's hard to argue with, which makes me even more mad. Uh, but number one is Tom Brady. Um, was this over Deflategate? He got suspended Deflategate. over Deflategate? Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, Tom Brady, number one player to, to be suspended by the NFL and that's Tybo's top five players plus some um, <laughs> that have been suspended by the NFL. That's a good list. That's a fun list. Um, it, it does uh, harken back to Willie Gay being suspended. We'll talk about that more in our pregame show. Again, he's out for four games. That was uh, for an incident that happened um, a year ago. It happened a year ago. Uh, or not a year ago. I'm sorry. In this January. was like uh, it, this was back in January. It was before um, we played the Bills in the playoffs. Correct. Um, the now the uh, court and every all everything came underway uh, back in July. Uh, determined it was a misdemeanor, um, and all is said and done legally. It was uh, for damage uh, to a household product um, that he quote unquote didn't own um, under a thousand dollars. So paid a fine on that no other ramifications suspended for four games. Um, it's quite odd uh, that Willie Gay would get four games. Uh, you, you see a guy like Mike Evans get one after three on field fights. We've seen more or longer suspensions for less fights on the field. Um, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson, obviously with his 11 games, um, uh, the PED usage, the one-year ban or by DHOP, the one-year ban uh, uh, by Calvin Ridley. I mean, the the numbers don't make sense. They just don't have a correct scale. Like they don't know what yeah. they're working with, and they're trying to make a statement on certain things that don't feel like they should be making a statement on. You know, I don't think I disagree. Uh, I don't think I would agree with their stance if that's the one that they want to make as a company more so is let's be consistent right yeah. you're given four games for somebody who and again the situation was very scary we won't rehash that when the information came out 
everybody was very worried for not Willie Gay, but but uh, uh, for his ex and the situation and the child. Um, the the details to come out about that were not something made light, um, but it seems the situation was de-escalated very quickly and everyone was safe. Um, but if you're going to be doing that for protecting women, it seems like there's another issue out there uh, for protecting women that, uh, yeah, not good. Not at all. No words for it. But the NFL needs to get something under control. Uh, Willie will not be appealing, so he will be out until after uh, the Bills game. Now, on to this game, Tybo and I were there. And, uh, Tybo, this was the first home opener I've ever been to. Easily. Oh, really? It was the first home opener I've ever been to. Wow. And this was easily the most electrifying game I've ever been to. The stadium was rocking. And that's that's no joke. Like, the, the Arrowhead is always rocking. Tybo, where? We got to get you like, to a playoff game, dog. <laughs> I got to go to a playoff game. I got to go. Like, it's it's tough. But um, is this – I mean, I'm, I would assume this is normal for, for a home game. Uh, but for a home opener – against a division rival who is also a very good team. What was the atmosphere like for you um, uh, and the game as a whole? So Arrowhead's always loud, but as far as the atmosphere, it felt like a playoff game, which is why I said, like, we got to get you to a playoff game because, like, that's that's on par with the, all the home games that I've been to, you know, the, the, the bills game, even though like, you know, obviously the end of that game was more electric, but like just the, the feel of everybody at the stadium, like how, I don't know, like the, the players could feel it. You know, they talked about it in some of their interviews, like uh, the, I mean, if anybody saw the video of Jalen Watson, um, like with audio, if you could hear the crowd in those videos, like it's like, you better believe that place was like vibrating on in in stone like it was crazy <clears throat> was on the whole night now it was the first game on uh amazon prime um now uh, sean you're not local to kansas city you are from uh a land down under that nobody likes to talk about in kansas city <laughs> it is uh home of the cardinals and i'm not talking about the arizona cardinals it's probably the worst no, baseball no, franchise I'm not, no. I'm not he's not he's no not i know you're not i think you didn't you don't still live down there no i'm a Colombian. yeah oh gosh i get okay i'm getting it all wrong uh, sorry. Wow. All right. Well, <laughs> it's close enough. It's close enough. I thought you were about to say that because he was on the Tigers. Well, I mean, it's not like either team is very good, anyways. Um, but did, uh, you don't get the local Kansas City. You had to watch on Amazon, right? Yeah, I had to watch on Amazon. Uh, I love the pregame like? show. The pregame show was amazing. Uh, Tony Gonzalez back in the house, Brian Fitzpatrick, and Richard Sherman as the main talking points uh interesting carissa thompson i believe it was the uh the host moderator of yes. everybody correct ryan fitzpatrick man i love watching him talk he has great insight for what he's talking about he just breaks it down in such simple terms sherman was overhyped as always love seeing that and yeah I, he's <laughs> annoying to me yeah Dude, but I, I, i've been seeing a lot of videos of fitzpatrick lately and his his voice doesn't match for me like i know i thought he would sound different like <laughs> he doesn't but he's he's so chill and relaxed so it works yeah. for him then tony he he was going off about oh yeah chiefs love me here this is a chiefs country we're gonna win this is a dynasty <laughs> now like it was it's interesting to see his take on everything coming back 
And what did you think of the broadcast itself? Broadcast was really good. Uh, commentators, who was it again? Al Michaels and Kirk. Kirk, that was a really, really great combo right there. Kirk did really well uh, coming to the NFL now. And Al Michaels, I mean, he's just the GOAT anyways, is he not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've been I trying to get Kirk in the league for a long time. Oh, yeah. I was a little disapp- or kind of pissed off there for a little bit because it started off Al Michaels centered into the camera like normal on Sunday Night Football. Thought, uh, whatever his name. Michael Collins. Or Collinsworth. Uh, no. Yeah, I thought Chris Collinsworth was going to slide right in there for a second. I was so excited to see that, but to no avail. Well, that's good to hear. I'm excited for Thursday's game to be able to actually watch it on the on the Amazon broadcast myself and see how that um, is. Uh, it's the first time that we'll have to watch it in Kansas City. Obviously, it's local. You can watch on your local stations everywhere. Uh, but it was a big game that the Chiefs came away with. Just to list off a few stats for the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes went 24 for 35 for 235 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Clyde did lead uh, our running backs with eight carries on 74 yards, 9.3 yards a carry. Where are you at, Edwards, or Clyde haters? Uh, 52 yards was his long longest. Uh, Travis did lead all rece- uh, receivers with five catches, 51 yards. Clyde was uh, second with four uh, catches for 44 yards. So they're getting him involved like we've been asked. Um, kind of run it down on uh, the defensive side. Willie Gay had 11 tackles while Nick Bolton had 10. Dudes were flying. Yeah. Um, we did end up with a total of two sacks both coming from Chris Jones, the big third down in the fourth quarter was the biggest, one of the biggest plays, probably the second biggest play of the, uh, of the game, I would say. Um, what, where, uh, yeah. What are your guys's biggest plays from Thursday night's game? Well, I think, go ahead. I think number one, obviously was the Jalen Watson interception, uh, completely changed the game for us right there. Changed momentum. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but Gerald Everett should not have been in on that play. He was tired as could be. He was patting his head, like, Coach, get me out. And they just went well, take him out. They you went know why it. they kept him in there, though? Like, I mean, yeah, like I know, I, tempo. I know like, they, they didn't yeah. want us to change the personnel. I they understand had, that. But they they, should... That's why they were driving down the field, like, at that point. They had they had a better package in the, or a mismatch package. And that, if you sub, then the defense can sub. Yeah, but I don't but, think that was the right call for the coaches to have that throwing it his way hindsight's 2020 because yeah. i mean he threw a pick but they, i mean they drove the field like yeah <laughs> uh a big place for me i guess like uh you you look at the the film and the throws aren't exactly the same but um pat mahomes to justin watson and then justin herbert to um who did he throw to the long touchdown after he mm-hmm. broke his ribs. The long oh. pass. The long pass on a touchdown. It wasn't Mike. It, it wasn't a touchdown. Williams. No. He got no. He was down on the uh oh like but they like watching from the stands, it looked like the same throw. And like the DBs were right by like right there. Like uh I think there was a little bit more of a gap in the Chargers throw. Um, but uh they they both just rocketed it in there. And got the ball to the receiver's hand before the de- the defender could like 
do anything with it. And that's impressive when you, when you consider that's like a 40 yard pass down the field, like 30 to 40 yards of, of airtime. Like that's, that's an incredible feat by both of these quarterbacks. And they put uh, it right on the money. Yeah. Over defenders. I'd, I'd probably have to say Herbert's is a little more impressive considering he cracked his sternum or cracked the cartilage in his ribs yes. uh, right before that. Um, <laughs> but you know how it goes. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not to say that Pat's throw obviously wasn't impressive either. I know, I know that's not what you're saying, but Pat yeah. threw that ball to Justin Watson. I believe it was a, a 40-something yarder. Uh, no feet on the ground. No feet on the ground. One of the most – one of the – Craziest throws I've ever I've ever seen to be able to throw that distance without coming out with any force to actually rip the ball out was was absolutely amazing. Watching on TV, it looked like he threw it was throwing like thirty yards, no problem. It was easy, like on the dot. But no, it just yeah. kept going and going. On on a line, I think uh, probably the uh, my play of the night out of uh, for a third one would, uh, like I said, would have to be Chris Jones, sack on uh third down near the end zone. I mean, it was oh, so close. close to being a safety. We were sitting right on top of that end zone. Uh, oh. So to be able to see that and the angle that we could see the, uh, the 99 yard pick, I mean, you're Tybo, you were talking about how tired that uh, ever it was. I just recall seeing it in slow-mo on how bad the pass was. The route obviously didn't help. The pass was awful. It was yeah. so ugly. It was, I, it was I don't know if it was just a bad route or if it was just a miscommunication because I thought Everett might have had to like be like an inside whip and like come back to the inside. Because that shit just it, doesn't make sense. Like the person with that ball. It was also the guy Everett behind was him was coming in too. The guy yes. was coming into that area too, but Everett didn't get out far route. enough to the flat. So it was a bad route followed up by a bad pass. He ha- he did yeah. have the outside whip, so it was go in and then come back out to the uh, to the corner uh, where the uh, backside safety, I believe it was Justin Reed, was crashing down, and uh, a- and Jalen was coming from the inside uh, inside safety or slot position, and he was just one step away. It just wasn't a good ball overall. It was a it was um, a opportune time for a really bad offensive rep. Yes. <laughs> it was it was bad. Um, with that, I like we also didn't play that great. It our wasn't it wasn't the play that great. Yes, I yeah, I, I'll, I'll say that our offense didn't play that great. But defensively, um, you know, obviously we had Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, totaling twenty one tackles together. Take those two out of the equation. Who are your guys' top players on the defense? I'm going to have to go with a second week in a row, Juan Thornhill. That's who I was going to say, too. He has been targeted a total of zero times. There's not one time that a quarterback has thrown his way in two weeks. We were just talking about this guy recovering last season from the ACL tear and how this is going to be a contract year and we're not sure how he's going to play and blah, blah, blah. In two weeks, he has quarterbacks like Justin Herbert scared. And that should say a lot for where this defense is, even with Steve Spagnolo as the D coordinator. I would say my player is Chris Jones. Um, it's only been two weeks, but I haven't seen him take as many plays off. He's winning like an insane amount of his reps and he's getting double teamed a lot. So Chris Jones is just overpowering dudes out here. And I, I, I mean, I believe he's near the top in the NFL for pressures. Um, 
but I, I, I hope he keeps this mentality throughout the season and I hope he stays healthy to see the playoffs because when you're playing like that, you're, you know, you're probably putting yourself at a higher risk for injury. Um, but I love seeing his aggression and just the mentality out there. I will say, you know, I, I think of the two linebackers, Nick Bolton, Nick Bolton played better, but overall the defense, the secondaries, the secondary and Willie Gay at times just looked a little frazzled. Um, Willie Gay had a couple missed tackles where he just was felt like he was flying in too fast. Um, but, you know, there wasn't, even though we were down, there wasn't ever a point in this game where I felt like we were out of it. And that's just how we've grown accustomed to seeing the Chiefs play ball lately, the past, you know, four years, you know, or you can go back further than that probably, but just there's an added element with Mahomes playing quarterback. And there was moments in the game where you feel like we could have totally swung the momentum. The, the almost safety is one of those plays um, that we didn't necessarily capitalize on, but it kept us right there. Like it wasn't a negative play by any standard, but you know, if it was, you know, that much marginally better, you know, we could have swung the whole momentum and, you know, really taken control of the game, but we were never, we were never out of it. You know, even when, even when they were driving, you know, we weren't, we weren't out of it. Well, yeah. Being down 10 is just no problem for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, He's 11 and 8 when he's down by 10 or more at the end of the first quarter. And the rest of the NFL in that time is 147 and 832. He's Uh, the only quarterback to have a winning record when trailing. Yeah. In the next next closest is Tom Brady, and he's 7 and 14. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think I did see that stat about Patrick Mahomes having the winning record. It's not just having a winning record when losing, he has a winning record when trailing in the fourth quarter with five or less minutes to go. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in. <laughs> Let's think about that for a second. Uh, Sean, who is going to be your defensive player from this week? I'm going to have to go for just the rookie cornerbacks. They really stepped up in the second half there. Uh, first time in Arrowhead, first primetime game for them. I thought they really stepped up. They really started playing a lot better coverage. Because in the second half, Justin Herbert was really not going downfield as much. It was more just a bunch of checkdowns to Eckler. From what I was seeing, at least, they were not pushing it as far as they could have in the first half. And they all had good games. Rashad Finn had a little bit of trouble guarding Mike Williams in the first half. But it's a big difference in humans right there. Let's go to the offensive side of the ball and pick our top players uh, from Thursday night's game from there. For me, I'm going to have to go across the board on the entire offensive line, most specifically left and right tackle Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley. Uh, The offensive line only allowed one sack on the night with two guys, Joey Bosa and and, uh, Mac on the other side. An incredible, incredible job uh, for that. Uh, There has to be a hat tip towards Andrew Wiley. Uh, I saw a stat somewhere in there over like his last um, I, I, I'm going to have to go find it, but he has allowed like zero pressures or zero QB hits over like his, his last like 10 games, something like that. I'm going to, I'm going to have to find it, but he has given up like zero pressures in roughly the last 10 games. For a guy who did not come in as a starter, who moved around from right guard, left guard, right tackle, left tackle, 
plays all four positions across front minus center. You can't ask much more out of a guy who doesn't seem like he had a solidified position before the season. For sure. You know, I, I think I said one of the last podcasts, like he, he surprises us, you know, with his, in his tenure with the chiefs, I don't think we can call it a surprise anymore. Like we know, we know kind of the caliber of play he's bringing to the table when he's in there. My unsung hero for the offense this week was, uh, it's gotta be Clyde. It's great to see him start going, get some big numbers out there. He looked great in the passing game. He ran over Derwin James once. After yes, guess. he did. That was awesome. On see. the on the angle pattern that they need to start yeah. throwing more of. It was a great, great thing. I just love seeing that we're finally throwing to him, and that's what he was known for in college is catching it out of the backfield and running with the ball. But one of my favorite runs was that long 50-yard run he had. He was not losing that ball, man. <laughs> he was not losing that. That was set up for a two-yard run. He was, he he was running that. towards us in the stand so we could see him <laughs> doing this shit. That was hilarious. The whole entire time, man. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Justin Watson. Um, yeah. I have not been a believer in him uh, throughout camp and the beginning of the season. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he's been biding his time. He's waiting for an opportunity, and he got it uh, on Thursday. Um, and he – delivered a uh, big I mean just huge moment for us but you know to to know that we have more than MVS and McCole Hardman as as a guy that can take the you know not maybe not take the top off the defense but just be a deep threat you know um, I mean you know Pat's burn. Pat's gonna <laughs> Pat's gonna give the ball to anybody him. but uh you know our our wide receiver our wide receiver depth um is probably up there with the best in the league so I saw this stat the other day, and and obviously this was not the offensive blowout. I did tell everybody to take the under, even though I clearly did not. <laughs> and hey, hey, I told you if you're betting, I wasn't betting the fade over him. the under. Don't fade me no more. Um, <laughs> the it it was an incredibly it was an incredible defensive effort on both sides of the ball. Uh, Mahomes was under pressure on 12 dropbacks. That means 36.1% of the time. He ended up going six for 12 for 106 yards, two touchdowns, and only took one sack. While Herbert was under pressure 16 uh, on 16 of his dropbacks, 36% of the time, just a little bit less, not much. He ended up going eight for 16 uh, for 43 yards, no touchdowns, and two sacks. So 50% completion on both sides but about a, more than a 60-yard difference. There's two touchdowns to zero and one sack to two. It's clear, just clear as day. And obviously, Patrick has been in the league a little bit longer, um, but it's clear as day. No matter what uh, the company we won't name, adjusted score comes out and says that the Chiefs are actual <laughs> losers and not winners. We've We've got something special that, and, and this is over the tail of time, right? Like, over the last multiple years, we've seen Patrick Mahomes blitzed and more in the box. And then they bring more pressure and they drop uh, a lot of guys back. And it's like a mix of a lot of different things that most other quarterbacks, like say Kirk Cousins won't get because he's bad. Uh, and and Patrick Mahomes still comes out and wins every single time. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you spoke about the defensive effort on both sides of the ball. 
um, the the third down conversion rates on both side for both teams were bad. Yeah. Um, I think the Chargers went forward on fourth a little bit more than we did. Chargers um, were five and sixteen on third down. We were four and twelve. Yeah. So, um, it wasn't necessarily like a zero to three defensive struggle, but the defenses, the defensive presence was felt on the field uh, last night. And it just goes to show like not everybody, you know, is it's not all going to be, you know, offensive divas making, you know, all the touchdowns out there. The defensive guys are paid too. Um, and I, you know, I think around the league we're seeing this year, like it's harder to score, you know, these defenses are good. Yeah, I think the Chargers defense is extremely underrated. And we only put up 20 points on them on offense. Just to have that defensive score right there was huge for us. Defense wins championships. Pat Mahomes is nice too, though. But the Chargers are always going to be the Chargers, so that doesn't always work out for them. You're muted. You're muted, dude. Did that. I did that again. Gosh dang it. Sitting here going off on the Chargers. Uh that's the thing with the Chargers. Like they're gonna they're going to Charger. And that's like that is their slogan. No matter what, they're gonna come in, they're gonna play a good game. And at the end of the day, none of what they did is gonna matter. And their fans and and neutrals are gonna be sad and upset that they're getting their butt whoops every single time. Um, and then they're going to end up with second or third place in the division, barely make the playoffs or miss the playoffs. And that's just who the Chargers are. That's who the Chargers have been since uh, like late 2000s after they lost Ladanian. Uh, and even when they had Ladanian Tomlinson and 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 uh, Rivers and Antonio Gates and you name it, like at the end of the day, that Chargers franchise has done nothing no matter which location they choose to be in. And they definitely have a longer history of, of that than us, but we, we were that before Pat Mahomes. Like, with Alex Smith, like, it, it's been said about almost every team in the AFC West. Like, the Chiefs are going to chief. I have heard that so many times in my life. I've said it, okay? Chargers are going to Charger. The Raiders are going to Raider. I don't think it's been said about the Broncos, really, but guess what? It's happening Coming this up. year, and that's going to be a phrase. Coming up. <laughs> Let's ride. The Broncos are going to ride. <laughs> Uh, boys what are some of the takeaways that you have from thursday night's game against the chargers if we play them like that in los angeles we're not going to win that game 100 we got to get better that goes to show how important blake bell was for blocking as well what a huge huge miss right there would agree um D-line has to step up a little bit more in, in my mind, moving forward. Top uh, obviously, top five D-line. Uh, obviously, Chris Jones was good, and he was probably one of the main reasons uh, that we won. There was a lot of stuff that's not going to show up in the stat book that he did. That's normal for a defensive lineman and offensive lineman. Um, but, like, dude, I was sitting there talking to Tybo when we were at the game. Karloftis was silent for most of the first half that I, if I remember correct, they took him out early in the mm -hmm. second. Like I, I don't remember seeing him on the field for a large portion of the second quarter. And now they did bring him back in, in the third and he was starting to be around the plays, 
but still not very many pressures, uh, no sacks. He did have a, a, a PBU uh, off the line, which was was neat. But like Christian we Jones, saw, as we, we saw, saw a lot last of year, Dunlap, didn't we? Yeah, saw a lot of Dunlap, um, and, and I think that goes back to Tybo, like saying, you know, over the off season and, and last week, like how how often is he really going to get fifty percent of the snap share? week in and week out and la you know thursday night was a massive massive test against him um showing that he he is ready when the teams aren't very good uh but when it comes down to these better teams and as we get into the playoffs long way away um he, he's got a lot of work to put in before he gets there I, I i need to see more out of him most specifically uh but but chris jones needs some help we saw last year he can't do it all on his own yeah, Slater is going to be the caliber of, of tackle that he's seeing, yep. you know, at that point. Uh, and that, I mean, no no joke against that that Chargers team, though. Like, as you said, Typo, we go in there and play like that. If we go into the teams that are coming up in our next four games, uh, if we go in and play like that against a couple of them, it's going to be a rough next four games, especially with Willie Gay being out. Is yeah. there any? Anything I, I feel like the, the Bills game in the regular season is going to be better than the regular season Bills game last year. I don't yeah. think they're going to beat us as bad as, as <laughs> if they even beat us. I don't think it's going to be <laughs> like that type of win for the Bills. It's nice. We do, we get uh, we get solid 10 days off before our next game, uh, which means that uh, Damone Harris and Leo Chanel and uh elijah lee those three get to work out with the first team a lot we get to figure out who's going to be in what the packages we're running it's probably going to be a lot of nickel uh we're probably going to end up seeing a lot of uh I, I would i would suspect we'll get to see a lot of uh brian cook out there i would agree it'd be, it'd be nice to see the positive thing is andy's track record when he has preparation um is pristine um so i don't mm. think that I don't think the Chiefs are going to take the Colts lightly. Um, I think a lot of people expect us to get cocky and, and fall into this little lull of getting comfortable. Um, but I don't think Andy's going to let that happen. Yeah, Boys, definitely is, not. There, is there anything that we missed uh, from week two uh, that you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, Shawnee. I know Sean's got quite a bit of notes always. Joey Bosa was obviously a problem. I don't know why we chose to run at him some of those times. Uh, we had we had a great thing going, and we just decided to run towards his side. And he's known for his pass rush abilities, but he can block or, or stop a run pretty well too. So I, that that confused me some. Wanted to call back to the to the Andrew Wiley stat that I gave. Uh, it was 83 pass blocking snaps, and he's not allowed a single hit or sack. For for this year, or just his last 10 games? In uh, his last 83 pass blocking snaps. So take that back. However long, uh, probably goes back okay. to a couple games last that season, counting, game or two last season. Is that yeah, counting uh, like postseason last game? Last season. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. It'd be it'd be okay. just yeah, his last his last straight up eighty-three consecutive snaps. All right, pass blocking snaps. Well boys, if there's nothing else, we've got a few more days. Uh obviously this we've had a lot of time to soak up this game. Feel pretty good about it. We go on to Indianapolis next. That is a noon kickoff on Sunday. 
Uh, it feels kind of like a trap game. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Colts are bad this year, but it, they generally are a trap game for us. Uh, so I am a little nervous uh, moving into Thursday. We'll have to see how it plays out. Um, but yes, we play on, uh, it is our first noon kickoff uh, of this season. Uh, we will be excited. It is in Indy. Uh, so make sure to join us back uh, on Thursday or Friday, whenever you decide to listen to it, uh, to get our pregame show uh, for the Chiefs. As always, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs.